Welcome to McChesney Unchained, a new show on the BSN Denver Podcast Network. Before we jump into it, we want you to know that this is a little different than our other shows. Matt McChesney is going to give you an uncensored take on what's going on in the football world, and if you have kids around, you may want to listen to this at another time. McChesney's opinions do not represent those of BSN Denver, but they are real, and they come from a CU legend who spent six years battling in the NFL trenches. Now, sit back and enjoy the show. There's no money, there's no possessions, only obsession. I don't need that shit. Take my money, take my obsession. And welcome to episode 55 of McChesney Unchained on the DNVR.com Denver Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Matt McChesney, coming to you from the lab here at 6-0 Studios, 6-0 Strength and Fitness, a.k.a. The Bridge. This is where the Dungeon family gets their grind on each and every day. I am Matt McChesney. To my left is the great Andrew Mason from the DNVR.com. Mason's in the building! Mason's in the house! Hey! I can't get a better intro than that from YouTube guys, of course, at Mace Denver on Twitter, at thednvr.com. Of course, I'm writing stuff everywhere. They're actually writing a piece for tomorrow on one of the emerging young guys. I like an awful lot. That's Devontae Harris. Emerging. secondary. Emerging, as they say. Balling. He is balling. And that voice, that voice, and, and if you don't know, you're about to, is the GOAT, number 27 uh, on the field, but number one in our hearts here in the Mile High City the smiling assassin, Pig Suey, Mr. Steve Atwater. What's up, fellas? Hey, I'm happy to be here. The great Mace, the great Mac, Mac McChesney. We're going to have a great time. Yeah. My man, first time here at 6-0, man. Beautiful spot. I'm so pumped to have you guys in the studio. We've been talking about this for like literally two years, getting us over here in the podcast and and grinding and, and, and going out. And This this is an, a no-holds-barred, no-restrictions, say-whatever-you-want zone. Yeah, right. And that, that's right. what I love about the DNVR.com. Yeah. Mace and I, we, we all used to be over at 760 before it went. <laughs> That's a very scientific way of describing yeah, it. Yeah, I'd say. Uh, but the DNVR, I remember we did this top six film series, right? right. And we actually just put out uh, Broncos Turds last week. Go check it out. It, it's on thednvr.com. You can check it out, but the top six is up right now. And I went actually to 760 two years ago, and I was like, I got a lab at the gym, and it's all set up. It's awesome, bro. Let me do it. And they were like, no! And I was like, oh, man. <laughs> man, you guys suck. All you say is no. But DNVR literally is their yes-men, and I dig it. Yeah, and it's their yes-men in a good way, as in, I have this idea, can we do it? The answer is yes. I mean, yes. They, they literally let me write a 2,000-word <laughs> story about the last game that the Broncos had that ended in a tie. Going and and you asked game. nicely, and they said? Yes! Yes! Do it, mates. We love it. Do, do it, it, do it! I'm getting fired just thinking about it. Man. All right, so, Steve, before we go any further, I just want you to know, having you here, it, it means a lot. It means a whole lot because I grew up, I, I moved to Colorado when I was 10, okay, from Santa Cruz. The first game I ever went to, actually, uh, was uh, at Old Candlestick, okay? Mm -hmm. Back in the day, my, my grandfather was a massive Niner fan, 
And he took me there. I watched Montana play and Rathman and Craig and all those boys. I fell in love with the Niners when I was young. But then we moved to Colorado, and I fell in love with CU and you and the Denver Broncos. And I remember sitting in the South Stands when I was a kid. Where's 2-7? Dad, I need a 2-7 jersey. Wow. And then when Big Al signed here, and he was my favorite player ever with the Buffs, right. uh, and, and then I was in high school and you guys were winning those titles, I remember, <laughs> I remember it was uh, 96. I was a sophomore in high school. And when you guys beat Green Bay, we literally, there's 20 of us. It was the biggest celebration in history, man. It was crazy. Just a bunch of kids sprinting around the neighborhood going nuts. But to have you in here now full circle and episode 55 rolling and to, to consider that, you a good friend as well, Steve. This is it's pretty damn cool, bro. No, I'm that, glad you're here. That is really cool, man. And that's, that's the cool thing about, you know, us moving back to Colorado. I get those types of experiences all the time. You know, grown man comes to me saying, Steve, I remember when I was two years old. I'm like, damn, am I that old? <laughs> <laughs> Well, speaking of old, I, I actually I turned 38 yesterday. So happy birthday to the big guy! Uh, but but see, you play Stanford this weekend for homecoming, and your daughter goes to Stanford, yeah, doesn't she? Goes she? To Stanford, man. man I, speaking know, of old, gotta, it's gonna be a, be a tough game. I, got, I don't know if I can watch that one, Nash. Well, how are you? And you are obviously played at Arkansas. They're having their own struggles, to say the least. Yeah, and just a little bit. Yeah. Mace, if I remember correctly, your Mizzou in South Florida. Missouri, that's right. South so, Florida and Mizzou. So, Mizzou's I'm not going to... got gonna, a tough moment right now. Better they they were doing season. pretty well, though. They were. They hit, were. Hit the speed bump against uh, Vanderbilt and Kentucky there. Uh, uh, not been a good last few weeks for them. And USF is... Uh, they don't have Drew Locke anymore. Uh, they got, yeah, Kelly <laughs> we, Bryant's we don't have him right. either. Kelly Bryant's done all right, but uh, not quite as explosive as Drew Locke. And... Uh, USF's going through a bit of a, a rough patch, uh, going through three quarterbacks this year. They're actually playing Temple on Thursday night uh, college football. The Owls. Yes. All right, so so I guess I bring this up. I'm going to be up there for CU Stanford, obviously. Bear Miller's true freshman starting left guard for, for Stanford, and he's been in this program since he was 14 and went to Eagle Crest, and Drake is their swing man. I went out there two weeks ago out to Palo Alto to watch them play and went out with Terry Nugent, Drake's father, and it was awesome. And uh, we're actually, walk, I'm walking to get something to drink and John Lynch is walking by me. Uh-huh. And I stopped and I'm like, John, Matt McChesney, you know, I grew up in Denver, watched you play, blah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. And he goes, oh man, I, I know you, you run 6-0, right? And I was like, what? Whoa. I was like, John Lynch, man, you know what we're doing. So it kind of took me back. He's like, oh, you know, Garland's on our roster. He raves about the work you guys do out there and how much you've helped him on his transition. Ben Garland's gone 10 years now, guys. I remember Ben walking in after his second year with the Broncos, okay? I remember him walking in and saying to me, essentially, this. Okay? Ben Garland walks in. Just six zero? Yeah. You're Ben Garland, right? Yeah, I'm Ben. Hi, Ben. Matt McChesney. Denver just moved me to guard center. I heard you're the guy to help. That's me, sir. So we went six days a week for literally the entire time he was in Denver. The hardest working man I've ever been around. If you could package his work ethic, brother, we would not have any problems in this country. Okay. And so he moves. He ends up you know, playing for the Broncos. He started at two preseason games, if I remember correctly. And then they cut him out of the blue. And he ended up going to Atlanta. And he was such a staple of consistency at Atlanta. He played both ways. He had that sack safety in the playoff game against Russell Wilson a couple years ago. Mm -hmm. But Lynch brought this up with Ben. He goes, he's the most consistent guy on our roster. He knows everything. 
and you can plug and play him anywhere. We could play him at nose tackle if we had to. And that right there, number one, John knew what I, who I was, and that it really hit home because, to be honest with you, in the business we're in, that resonated. But number two, for them to say that, number one is Ben. He's the reason. But if I had anything to do with that, just a little bit of sprinkle, a little crazy sprinkle, yeah. and here's how you transition and not you're not trying to be aggressive anymore. We got to be patient, pick our spots because now you're on offense, now you know the snap count, now you know the angles. It's pretty damn cool to hear that kind of feedback from a GM out of the blue talking about a guy in Ben Garland who should who should have been here and never left. So when we go full circle talking about college first before we dive into the NFL, daughter goes to Stanford, Missouri, CU, Arkansas, 120 D1 teams, 60 power fives, plus BYU and Notre Dame. Why only four teams? I get it. The rankings are out. Who cares? Penn State and Ohio State play next week. LSU and Alabama play this week. Why not eight teams? Why not 12 teams? Why not 16 teams? I mean... I'm in favor of 24. Why not 24? I, I hate this, like, excuse of they have school and, or they can't handle it. The 1AA kids can handle it, exactly. but the Division One players can't? FCS has a 24-team playoff. And the reason... Part of why I settle on 24 is you've got 120-some FBS schools. So, proportionally, it's pretty close to the same as 68 in the basketball tournament. In the basketball, the NCAA ba- basketball tournament, it's March awesome. Madness, it, in my opinion, it, it is the best sporting event in the country. I don't even watch college basketball. I could give a frick, and it is incredible. But yes, exactly. It brings everybody in. So I just can, like watch my. I just yeah. watch my language on my own show yeah. just for you. <laughs> but you get. <laughs> I've heard a few. Uh, I know. He's I'm, heard everything. I'm, I'm just fucking with you, Steve. Hey, he's heard me during commercials when I've been. Pissed. You've never cursed in your life. What the fuck are you talking about? <clears throat> Mike, boom. So, I, I, I say 24, and then this gets the whole power five, group of five in. Every conference winner gets in plus 10 at large. Well, and, and, and I ask you this, Matt. Yeah. The year that CU had its breakthrough, if there had been a playoff. In 16? In 2016. Yep. If there had been a playoff that year. They would have been, I believe, Probably like the, the nine seed, yeah, something like or that, or ten seed. And the way I would do it is that first round would be the, the top eight get buys, nine through twenty four playing, kind of like, and they do it. They do it. I think that's how they do it in FCS. And CU would have played Western Kentucky. But my idea is that first round's on a campus site. So what's more, what's oh, more man. exciting, going down the Alamo game? or Folsom Field two nights before Christmas for a playoff game? That would be incredible. And and look, look, if we're going to talk about name, image, and likeness, this is more revenue for the kids. And uh, Steve, the only losers uh, are the bowl cartels. Well, I think everyone loses with name, image, and likeness. Honestly, I think it's a. Well, no, I give think a playoff. I mean, well, the yeah. the bowls. Maybe the bowl games could end up being second and third round sites. Exactly. There's always a way to skin the cat. That's my point. You'd lose, like, you'd keep the Rose Bowl and the Orange yeah. Bowl. You'd keep lose, the like, ones. the Texas Bowl. Big deal. Yeah, the, so, the Gasper Rilla Bowl. I guess my, guess my point is, if we're going to pay these kids and there's going to be all this money floating around, the more games, the better, right? More that's, money. That's what you would assume. But why can't, if we're going to sit here and talk about and I'm going to bring this up about the SEC, okay, and try and defend your conference here. 
I would much rather see the SEC maybe, or we cut out the non-conference Townsends and, you know, like the Arkansas State. State or whatever in November. Like, games. Yeah, mm-hmm. like the SEC only plays eight conference games. The Pac-12 plays nine. No one has the same amount of teams in their conference. In order for me to get behind a universal rule for everybody, doesn't everyone have to like play by the same rules? Shouldn't we have the same number of teams as each conference? Shouldn't they be playing by the same rules essentially? Like they've got to even this out a little bit in order for everybody to get an equal piece of the pie if they're going to do name, image, and likeness, and they're going to start paying these kids. I'm like, yeah, it's going to all work out. Yeah, anyway. Me what, too. What this going to look like? How 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 would you feel about a college football players union? Like, why can't they do that? Why? Because guys graduate too much. It's, the turnover is too. There's too much turnover there. I mean, you. Well, but there's there's a ton of turnover in the NFL as well, and I'm still part of the union and and still get my paperwork just like you do. Well, Steve. maybe you could start it with having the NFLPA involved in helping create a union. The, I think that's the guts. The players don't have any rights in college, yes. and they're missing out on a ton of revenue. And I have a feeling in 40 years from now, when I'm dead and gone, people are going to look back at this and be like, "People were nuts. Why'd they play for free?" You know what I'm saying? So. I'd like to see more teams in the college football playoff. I the the playoffs essentially start Saturday. Alabama and LSU are playing a playoff game, so we'll see how that goes. They're playing the a playoff game, but if one of them only drops to five, and then you have and there's there's the problem. Clemson loses a game. I mean, Clemson's well positioned. They can even though they're Clemson's fifth, they, can, in, bro. they control their own. Bro, fate. if Clemson yes. goes undefeated, they're getting in. There's no exactly. way they're keeping the national champion. Out. I mean, they, they nearly lost North Carolina, so I'm just saying there may be a. A hiccup in there. Well, I don't look, and I don't care about that either. The more teams you put in as well, you yeah. you can afford to lose a game. It's I don't necessarily think a champion has to be perfect. Well, that's I that's like champions that overcome adversity. And also, I mean, in the NFL, I mean, you've had champions that have lost six nine, or seven nine games. Nine and seven. So, let me ask you. Well, Didn't well, mean they weren't deserving of the title. I'm sure this has been thought of before. Why hasn't it been done? Um... I money tr- and control. Money and control. Good old boys network. It's been a certain way for so long. Exactly. Everyone agrees that more, there's still still more money out there. Oh, uh, well, most people agree, and I'd say if you got people in a room, ninety nine out of a hundred would say the kids need to be paid and they should play more games and they should invest in better football games and shouldn't play crap non conference teams. But the NCAA happens to be that one, and they don't care. And unless, and as long as they have this quote-unquote power, they're going to abuse it like they always have. Mm-hmm. They were abusing it when you were in college. They abused it when I was in college mm-hmm. because they brainwashed everybody. And look, the, the business I do now is 6-0. This is College Football Recruiting Central. That board right over there, everybody you see in green that's, that's a, a green square around them, yeah. every single one of those kids are offered out of this room, out of the state of Colorado. That's half the damn board already, right? So that's my point. Those kids, and look, no one's trying to say free school isn't awesome. It's incredibly awesome. You invest in yourself in this room, Drake Miller or Drake Nugent and Bear Miller scholarship checks at, at Stanford when they signed last year were $83,000 a year. Mm-hmm. So invest in yourself now and you'll go to school for free. That's awesome. My point is this. They're, the NCAA has brainwashed all of us to think that amount is somehow equal to the amount that you would get if it was chopped up correctly. Mm-hmm. For the the revenue that the NFL players get from jerseys and all that kind of stuff. Well, that's not a stipend check. 
that's a number that's been negotiated that they that can go up or down. Yeah. And that's the way it should be for the college athletes. And Steve, look, man, I truly believe this wholeheartedly. I think if you taught guys early how to be professional with their money in college, they had to pay for their own classes. They had to balance their own checkbook. They had to figure out how to be financially literate. You would have less guys in the NFL that blow all their damn money. It's possible. It's, it's possible. definitely possible. That's for also, sure. Also, be some broke people in college. Well, then there, there's <laughs> another learning experience, right? But they're already broke. So there's. I, man, I didn't have, you know. Well, did, did you leave early from no. for you? You played your four yeah. years, okay? Do you think you would play five years? I played five as well. Do you think more guys would stay in school if they didn't have to chase checks? I do. Um, no, because the amount of money that you're gonna make in college still pales in comparison to what you can make in the if NFL. You, if and, you stick, well, if you stick and the, the possibility of getting injured, guys. Sit out bowl games not because they're afraid they may get injured. So I think you know I, I don't think that part is going to change. If they have an opportunity to go, they're going to jump ship. Well, there's another reason to dump the whole bowl. Well, system, maybe right? a four, fifth, six, seventh round guy stays then instead of chasing the yeah. check as oh, a yeah, junior. Absolutely. So yeah. I guess in each individual circumstance, it's going to differ. That's for sure. All right, cool. I can get to that. All right, we'll see what happens. So the Buffs, Stanford this weekend. I'm going to be up there on the sideline on Saturday. And yesterday, actually, I went up to Boulder and I did the Inside the Zone podcast with Coach Tucker and Marks Johnson. Okay. And it nice. was fire, man. It was so fun. Great show. Phil Lindsay's on this week for CU Stanford. And then I'll be on next week for CU Washington. And it was pretty kick-ass. So I think they got the right guy up there. I think Coach Tucker's the right dude. He's real. I, yeah, I like that dude a lot, man. So yeah. I, I really think good things are happening up in Boulder. So we'll see what happens. Look at his background. Look at the fact that he's worked with Putting out dudes. Look at the fact that, I mean, going all the way back to University of Wisconsin, he's got the right DNA. Yeah. In him, and in kids like him. And yeah, he relates to everybody. He's kids like him. Kid. You know, we, we talked about his Jordan collection, and like he, he committed my our, one of our guys in here, Keaton Dudley at Palmer Ridge, uh, like a nickel corner safety return or slot receiver kid, a real good player. He committed up there two weeks ago, and I went up with his family and was part of it. And you can just tell that Mel's gotten a, a, a relationship with his guys that's different than. Some of the other coaches that I, I call them used car salesmen. Mm-hmm. We're not looking for any used car salesman crap today. We I need a relationship with the ball coach. Yeah, then and, and players who know that their coach has a relationship with them and cares about cares. Them, they, mm-hmm. they will go out, they will lay it on the line for you. But if they, Quick. If they get an inkling that you just want them for football. Out. Yeah, it's, it's, it's over. And that's the way it is in the league too. That's so even more so in the NFL because the guys have money and they can stand up for themselves. There's very rarely do you see a college kid standing up for himself that's not going to be a first rounder. In the league, man, some of the conversations I would hear in the league would, like when I was in my third, first year, rookie year, and they signed Ty Law to the Jets, and Ty like would sit in the back and coach would say, Donnie Henderson would say something, hey Ty, you got that? And he's like, nah. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, yes, sir, Mr. Henderson, sir. Exactly. And Ty's like, eh, I got it, whatever. He's gonna cut me. I don't think so. What? So Donnie, shut up, Donnie. He saw a video with, with Deion Sanders. Uh, they were trying to get him to come into a meeting. He was on his cell phone talking to someone else. He said, Wait, but I'll be in a minute. I'll coach. be in when I get in. <laughs> so there's, it's like the greater Herm Edwards told me, we're all equal, but we damn sure ain't the same. Right. Yeah. All right. So moving on. Uh, <clears throat> going 
towards the NFL. Remember all of our college football talk, and especially your Colorado Golden Buffaloes, are brought to you by our good friends at TenthAndUni.com. I'm actually rocking one of their hats right now. Uh, it's clean fit, old school Colorado cursive. They only do CU gear, and they do it right. Go to TenthAndUni.com. Use the promo code BUFFCLUB, and they'll get you hooked up. All right, so moving forward. National Football League. I'd, I'd like to... I don't like diving into what everyone did in the NFL. The Thursday night game tonight should be fun, interesting, rivalry. competitive. Yeah, Chargers Raiders. Last Chargers Raiders game in Oakland. In Oakland, I think yeah. that there definitely could be some batteries flying around um, <laughs> if I know my Raiders. So the the Raiders, I think the Raiders are the Raiders are showing me something, man. They I didn't expect them to be as competitive as they are. Cars really. Playing well under Gruden, and they seem to like rally the troops around everybody picking them to suck and everyone abandoning them from a player perspective. You know that, but I mean, when I looked at Hard Knocks earlier this year, John Gruden does things to get those guys fired up. He does. You know, he, they seem to really like yeah, that guy. Yeah, he, he's got emotionally got charisma, and the, the guys like that. You so, know? I guess the the question is, are can you get three AFC teams out of the West? Because the winner of this game, the, the Raiders are sitting at 500, right? Yeah. And the Chargers are four and five. Four and five. So you got a five and four Raider team or a five and five Charger team. And then I'm assuming the Chiefs are still in line to win the West. But if I'm the Broncos, they were six and six last year at one point and then and then nosedived. Why can't they be six and six again and take off this year and learn from it? So that's the motivation in the room for the Broncos when we go full circle on, on the Raiders and Chargers tonight. Great. They're going to play. At least we'll know who won and who lost moving into the weekend. The Broncos and their bye week this weekend, I hope that guys are not just taking the opportunity just to drink and party and go to Vegas. Like, they wouldn't do that. Our guys don't drink a lot. I, I think that this team, I think this team <laughs> under Brandon Allen, and I know I'm drinking the Kool-Aid, and Pig Suey, Steve. I mean, your, go, go your Arkansas guy stepped up. He did. When we're looking at the AFC West and the Denver Broncos moving forward, I'm going to ask both of you. Mace, you can go first. Mm-hmm. Is this Bronco team, Do they did they learn from their mistakes last year, and are they mature enough to attack the next half of the season the right way and support this quarterback the way we saw him support it on Sunday because that was a totally different football team? Well, I think the team will support him. I think I want to see – more game plans there tailored to supporting that quarterback. I'll give Rich Gangrello a lot of credit for understanding what he had with Brandon Allen, what he was ready to do, and giving him a game plan that he could execute. Now, that being said... Uh, you thought yeah. the game plan changed? I didn't think the game plan changed at all. I thought it was the same stuff Flacco was running. He could just act, It looked like Allen could actually run it. Well, for one thing, you're 21 yards out from the, from the end zone, and you're giving Cortland Sutton the 50-50 ball. I love seeing that. Even though, could the throw have been better? Yes, but it, it's a testament to Cortland Sutton yeah. that it's inside, not the best ball. He still makes a play on the ball. That shows me, okay, take more chances with Cortland Sutton in one-on-one coverage. And this is more just big picture, I mean, just Brandon Allen. I want to see Noah Fant in the flat. 
like he like he was on that seventy five yard play. In the flat, what do you mean? Left left flat ten like five to ten yards up. It's not a screen pass. Man. No, the the, the fan bit. ran the crossing route from yeah. across the field. Yeah. The problem with crossing routes is you have to protect. And it almost blew up. And it worked. Almost blew up, yeah, because it's a watch out block. Watch out, Brandon! Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's a gr- look. I, I tip my cap to Brandon Allen for getting that ball away when he's getting drilled by Olivier Vernon. That that shows a lot about his composure. Uh, and look, absolutely, there's definitely a composure thing with Brandon Allen. I like. He looks like he was ready for his opportunity, and I'm telling you, young guys that haven't played in a while, when your opportunity comes, a lot of them aren't ready for it. Yeah. So I'm glad he was. I will say this though. Okay, the the football team played differently with Brandon Allen under center than they did with Joe Flacco. Why do you think that was? And I don't know. I was just getting ready to ask you this question. Yeah. So this is how I equate it. You guys won a Super Bowl in 97, okay, as an underdog. Or 98, right? Both. 97. 98, you went in and you won 14 in a row, right? Yeah. Yeah. Then you were far from the underdog at that point. But when John went out, okay, you guys were playing hard and well and undefeated when he went out that second run, right? Mm -hmm. And Bubby came in. There was a difference in the team. It's like everybody knew they had to support the backup, but he brought like this juice and jive and, and, but, but yeah, that, that swagger. And I feel like it's a totally different situation. I'm not saying the teams are the same. But Flacco is an established vet, and you know what you're going to get with him, and it's business-like. And I'm not saying he doesn't care or he didn't do a good job. But when Allen came in, everybody's rose their game and supported too, and it looked like everybody was having fun on Sunday, but man. You, you know what? The one thing that I've always said is that football is an emotional game. And when you get guys in that mindset to where they're, you know, they're in the zone, and mm-hmm. they're, they're playing emotional. Their emotions are involved with it. And they can still think. You know, they're not so much in a frenzy to where, you know, they can't think. But when guys are fired up, ready to play, honed in, they play much better than when you just, you know, you just, like you, you ter- get rolled out of bed, okay, I'm going to go over and play this game today. But and- don't you think guys would be jived up to play with Joe? No, 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 no. I'm not saying that it's Joe. I'm just saying, in general, when guys are more fired up, they play better. So I guess the, the one of the differences and they, and they is were hyped up Emmanuel's and gone and Flacco's on the bench. And those are two vets that have big voices in the locker room that were no longer there. And this, the team I saw Sunday looked like a football team that was playing free and loose and in comp- and like in the run. They didn't look like a team that's losing and out of, and out of it. I think that the, this group behind closed doors, I really think that there's a confidence with them and I would not be surprised at all if they go on a run. I, you can't sit here and tell me that Minnesota regardless of how good they are is unbeatable and Buff I mean give me a break man Buffalo Buffalo was bad last year Buffalo was terrible last year and, tr- and, and, and trucked them yeah they got a great defense they look they but, but so do we yeah we do so, so do the Broncos I know. I'm so saying, but it, it keeps it close it means that yeah. there's a chance in these two games to get it down to where one possession can win or lose you the game a- am I drinking the Kool Aid here too much though with Brandon Allen I mean I, well I, he's setting me up for a huge failure if he goes out in Peterman's there's some <laughs> There's something to Brandon Allen. I like that. There's something to Brandon Allen. (laughs) He's better. I love that. 
the, 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 stand, the gold standard for bad quarterbacking. Peterman. Nathan Peterman. Yeah. Yeah. What were you doing this weekend, man? I Peterman. <laughs> but Brandon Alex, yeah, he may not be Joe Flacco in terms of arm talent, all that, but it's possible. And this is sort of just my own observation, looking at how guys were interacting with him, looking at how the quarterback was talking to other guys. Brandon Allen may be a better leader for where this team is going as far as it's a younger core developing new leaders. Do you guys need to see Locke? I would like to see Locke. Even? Even if? Well, if if Brandon Allen Allen plays well in the next couple of games, I think maybe you push Drew Locke out to week 16 – when the odds are, how are you gonna? How, how are you? No, how no. are you gonna bench somebody that's showing progression in winning football no, games? I, 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 here's here's a potential plan that I've heard kicked around: the idea that you're eliminated before week 16, and then you do what the Houston Oilers did with Steve McNair back in his first couple of seasons. We're out of it. We're gonna give the kid a couple of games here, see how far he's yeah. come that year. I'm cool with that, but Allen's a kid too. Right, you sound like you're out. sitting a vet. Yeah. I, I, look, I, I'd like to see where Brandon Allen can go at the same time. I watched every snap that he had in four preseasons. Right, I went Steve, back and watched it. And I just, Mace, I think there's guys. a ceiling to Brandon Allen. Hey, there's and, a ceiling to everybody. There's but damn Drew Locke's ceiling, ceiling is higher than, than Brandon Tom Allen. Brady. But exactly. So, oh, wait. Uh, uh, hold on. Time out. Time out. Time out. He always goes to time. I know he does. I know. He's been doing this But at the same, it's it's right, though. Allen's a six-rounder, too. Yeah. I, I'm just saying this. You know, I'm saying this. Brady went in and won a game. Everybody like, man, we got to get another it's quarterback crap. in Let's here, get man. Drew back. They, there were people clamoring hey. for Drew to start the Super Bowl. Uh, look, I'll tell you right now. If, if Let's play this out over the next five games. If the Broncos go 4-1 and one in those five, which takes them to 5-1 and one with Brandon Allen. You can't bench him. Then he is going to play the last two games. And he should. Because they'll still be in it. They'll still be, they'll be seven and seven. They might I be just, in the playoff. Look, race. man, with the new CBA. But, but hold up. But with that though, are you doing anything quarterback wise in the draft next year? I'm not. I'm still taking a long hard look at guys. I can't. You can't. Look, and I guess that's the next question here. Is the quarterback controversy, it, it could still be Flacco, too, guys. They restructured his contract. Yeah. Why get rid of him if you don't have to? Well, that was also an accounting thing where if you factor in dead money, it basically is the same next I year. I think the quarterback room next year, guys, is going to be Flacco, Locke, Brandon Allen, and Rippon. I think that's the four quarterbacks in the room. And, and to start training camp, and they'll battle for the third spot. And if they can get rid of Flacco during training camp, they'll find a way to trade him. If Brandon Allen and Locke are fighting for the for the job, and if not, they'll start Joe and they'll roll. And and look, people are going to be pissed off about that. But again, man, I still think John thinks he's in win now mode. I do. And judging by what I see on defense and how good they're playing recently, I think they number one they have to resign Justin Simmons. Please, the best strong safety I've ever seen play football in my life is Justin Simmons. Resignable, and should he be the staple of consistency for the Broncos moving forward? I definitely think he should be resigned, and you know there are whispers out there that you know it's, it's, it's being worked on. Uh, I don't know. They need to get that done though, right? If they you got to keep him here. If they get one resigning done between now and Week 17, it'll be Justin Simmons. What about McGovern? And I'm biased because oh. I work with Connor, but I think Connor's, regardless of all. 
I think there's a lot of people in the media out there, like yesterday, I heard, I almost crashed my car when I heard this. I heard a media member X say, well, I think Derek Wolf is having a subpar year, almost a bad year, and he's not using his hands well. And I'm watching Derek Wolf have what? a like an all-pro season at three technique he's been, yeah, he's and been, he's dominating people. This is the best in pass rush, straight arm, mm-hmm. flat backing people from Tennessee, straight lock and shed, TFLs. I mean, he actually dominated the Bear game. So I, I just, the Colt game, he killed it the other day. That's lazy, lazy analytic, analytic work. So my point is this. Simmons needs to be re-signed. A lot of people are giving 68 because of the line struggles. But I think the struggles is the left tackle, guys. And and I hate that it I hate that it's it's you know, let's not pick on Garrett, but the two tackles have been bad. Come on, hold on now. You can honestly say that Connor's one of the best offensive line right now, can you? Can I say he is one of them? Absolutely. I think I I think on this squad right now. I think Reisner's your best offensive lineman, which is not a good thing if your rookie's the best player, but it's good for him. It's just not good for us. I think Connor needs to be re-signed at center, or you're going to just develop somebody for someone else. Do you think Connor's playing as good as... Um, Paradis? Yeah, Matt Paradis is playing. No, not yet. But, but I think he will. But he's only done this for a little while. But I will say time. this. This is why I, and I am biased here, because I work with, with McGovern constantly. He's yeah. always in the room. But that's why. Because he makes a mistake and goes to fix it. He can play both guards and center. All we're going to do is either spend the money on someone that doesn't know our system and hasn't put in the work, or draft someone and have to teach them how to play the position again and build around him for the future when you've already developed him. And Connor went from a fifth rounder and not playing to walked in here after his rookie year and we started going to work and he developed into their sixth man and then he developed into a starter at guard and then he started at the other guard and then center and now he's a starting center. And this is their first this is his first opportunity to start a full season at the position. And with him and his work ethic, I truly believe that he can be your your mainstay there for years to come. And I I do believe this, guys. I think when Ron moves on, because it's just a matter of time before Leary's gone, in my opinion. Although he's done yeoman's work this year. He's given, done pretty good, and he's been beat up. The, he's been really beat up. He's such a tough son of a bitch, man. I got so much respect for Leary and how he plays and prepares. But 72 is a problem, guys. And ignoring the problem doesn't make it go away. And I don't understand how he's still in the field. And, it, and Jawan James, when he comes back, I need to see if he can play left tackle because Garrett Bowles can't be here anymore. He can't do it. I'm losing respect for the organization, guys. I want to ask you guys both as players. You, you never yeah. played with somebody right. that was that much of a liability, Steve. And, and this is the thing. If a guy keeps making the same mistakes over and over but doesn't lose his job, what does that do in the locker room? Because I've heard, I've heard players even my tell wa- me, say, even my wife he brought it up. Like, how does this guy keep playing? Yeah, I've she's she doesn't know anything about football. She doesn't care, which is why I love her so much. And it's why? How does this guy keep playing? It seems like the rules are different for him. Wow! If any one of us failed the way he's failing, the same things. I'm in hell, over. bro. We at or, we at Orange and Blue, I offended one person, and they jumped out of the bushes and fired me for it. <laughs> hey Matt, I need your pass back. I'm going in to do my show. Not today, you're not. Oh, you're. I didn't know you were dressing up as Batman today. 
But, but I, look, yeah. I, I'm not trying to badmouth the kid, but any, come on. Do you give any credence to Pro Football Focus? I. Yeah, and it's a tool. I will say this. When it comes to offensive, and li- offensive line and defensive line grades, this is how I feel about it. We play 100 plays, okay? For 98 of those plays, Garrett grades out at 98%. And he's kicking the hell out of somebody, and he does his job, because that's all really offensive linemen have to do is their job. It's hard to get plus, plus, pluses, okay? But the other two plays, okay, are a, we'll say five plays, okay, are three holding penalties, which I've seen him have five in one game, which is negative 30 yards, which he can't make up for because he's an offensive lineman. He can't go get a pick. He can't get a sack. He can't bust a run. He has no control over it. He's just a lineman. So that 10 yards is compounded because you lose the yardage and the play. Number two, let's say the other two plays are strip sacks, which I've seen him do as well. And then the game is ruined or turned on those two plays. Well, Garrett just graded out at 95%, Steve. But the five plays he screwed up on are monumentally, catastrophically terrible. Consequently, if, if I'm playing three technique and my five plays are those five, I get, I get three holding penalties called on me and then I have two strip sacks, but my other 95 plays, I'm out of my gap and they're seaming me and they go for 350 yards rushing. Well, I just graded out at 5%, but everybody's going to think I'm the shit because I just got two and a half sacks and a strip sack and, I, and three holding penalties called on my pressure, but the other 95 plays, I'm getting beat like a Cherokee drum. That's bad. And that's the way I look at this right now. And the repetitive mistakes, Brother Steve, you can't tell me that the repetitive mistakes are acceptable like this, bro. Well, what do we do about this? Because I know I know you, and I know the way you think about the Broncos, and, and I don't like throwing people under the bus, but I don't know how to... It's not a matter of... For me, it's not a matter of I, throwing people under the bus. I don't know how to sugarcoat this anymore. I good football. Now, the whole penalties... Nobody likes those. Garrett doesn't like them. Where, where's like the them. good football been, bro? You haven't seen any good football? No, dude. I've, so wa- you, I've, you watched, tell, wait, wait, wait. I've watched every snap. So you snap. can tell me that when you turn on the film that... Do I think he's improved? You watch Garrett Bowles and you watch Connor McGovern. Who do you think plays better? I think McGovern's had way better year oh, than Bowles. Okay. I, but but, at, but at the same time, they're playing totally different positions. I, I know two different positions. Connor, Connor always has help. Connor always has help. Garrett rarely has help unless they're sliding to him. Yeah, our friend Justin and, Adams and no, no, put out that play at the end of the game. Connor, my boy. Said, oh, no, I, I guess Connor, a, a, no, Elijah no, and Garrett no, would be a, a better comparison because they're both playing tackle. Elijah struggled as well. He struggled yeah. immensely. Yeah. So both Definitely. guys have yeah. struggled. But, it's it, the, get your piece in, man. Well, Sorry, Justin Adams, <laughs> our friend from. Yeah, our, our friend in Stace, on point like Stacy Adams, son. Yeah. His name is Stacy Adams. Yeah, yeah. Stacy Adams. Well, he showed a play at oh the end God. of the game. It was the Philip Lindsay Wildcat snap. Said, "Hey, look, Garrett Bowles drop blocks two guys." There's no effort from the Browns on that play. They've quit. And, and look, I'm not That's, saying I, I'm not putting that. I'm not saying Garrett can't be Garrett. good. I'm not saying mm-hmm. that he doesn't try. My problem with the situation is the repetitive nature of the mistakes and then him that the two things that have really bothered me this year more than anything else are after the game when he said I don't agree with the refs I feel like they have an agenda no it's the same holding penalty for you that it is for everyone else and then in the Kansas City game where he got his ass kicked and got a holding penalty on a national TV did this to the ref that is it's a very it's very concerning to me because he's he 
I don't feel as if he's putting in the mental work to be successful. And it sucks when you have to question someone question someone's mental work. So I feel like I'm questioning Paxton Lynch. What, what, what other mental work can you put in? What do you mean? I'm saying changing up the way he dictates his pass sets to the defensive players. A wide nine technique and a tight five technique should not have the same set pattern. Mm -hmm. Your hand shouldn't be the same all the time. He shouldn't be dropping his outside foot consistently. So do he doesn't know, understand the angles of so football. do you think Mike Montague is teaching him that? No, I know he is. That's, so that's my that's issue, That's the problem. Steve. It's not that he that's has my problem. I know damn well Mike's teaching him it. I know Coop's teaching him it. I, don't, I think that Garrett thinks he's right. I swear to God I do. And it sounds crazy, doesn't it? And I agree. It sounds nuts. I'm having a problem equating it in my head and rationalizing it. Well, it's either that or he's hearing it, but when he's getting out there in the game, he's reverting to every bad habit he's had before. And that's it's also... Of... Look, he's definitely improving. No one's saying he's not improving. I'm saying he, there's zero consistency. And at that position... The only thing we can bank on is consistency. And once you've raised your game to a level where Garrett Bull shows me if he can play that well against oh, who was they played uh, who they play after Jacksonville. That was the Chargers. They played the okay. He played that well against Bosa, Bosa and, Ingram, yeah. and Ingram, and didn't have a holding penalty. Didn't give up a pressure. Didn't give up a sack. Was really really good the whole game. And Flacco was clean. When you show me that potentially, and then the next game you revert to the the same guy we saw last year and the year before, that's my issue. Is I don't care how you get it done, but you've got to stop with the repetitive mistakes because it's going to cost him his job. So regardless what you, of what we so think, what are you proposing? You propose we they get rid of, we I, get rid of him? Yes, he's got to go. Number one, he has. I mean, he has, they just don't. Right, they just don't resign him. His options up. You, you, you let the fifth. You, you pass on the fifth year option, and then well, what do you do next year? Do you just let him go, or do you give him a chance to fight for a depth spot? So, there so no, no, he's in gone. You, you, there's no other position I, I, I for him. I don't see that, man. I, I, I don't see it. It depends on where they're drafting, in my opinion. You can't move him to a different spot. You just invested all this money in James. I'd like to think that they. Are going to have to they have to make decisions on Leary, McGovern, and Elijah, right? Right. And in my personal opinion, the Worf's kid from Iowa seems like a good player, but it's such a crapshoot with the young guys because the development is something I talk about with my staff in here all the time, and all the guys we were talking to this morning, all the ex pros that don't have a job right now that are in here working for one from. Casey Tucker, who played at Stanford and, and Arizona State as a grad transfer and then was with the Eagles, to to Big Sayo, who's just a lack of development and didn't really get any guidance and was with the Saints, to Big Rocky, who's going to BYU. It's it's a developmental problem. It's not a draft and stick. You're not going to do that with offensive and defensive linemen anymore. Pass rushers, maybe. They can go in and be really athletic. You know, Saquon Barkley could come in and be super explosive and, and be a guy. But with offensive linemen, especially coming from spreads, mm -hmm. and then you're asking them to come in and, and, and conform to a pro-style West Coast smash mouth, deuce block, ace block, trade block, cat, Terry Talley, Roger Louie, it's a ton of info. It's why, and, it's why my heart breaks a little every time I watch the Saints. And see what Ryan Ramchick does because I watched Wisconsin but too. But Breeze and Peyton protect him, yeah, because the ball's gone and the calls 
the calls are but he was set up. people in Wisconsin too. I mean, you could see it even then. Well, that's true, but yeah. so is Garrett. Garrett kicked the hell out of people in Utah. He was also leading college football and holding. That's ball. also true as well. Do I want to just give up on the kid? I don't mean to make it personal, but it's that if he wasn't a first round draft pick, he would have been gone already. Well, it's like Tom Donahoe, the old Steelers GM, said, "Get him good or get him gone." And I'd like I don't know the answer on where we go. Last year, when Trent Brown was available and the Broncos didn't go after him, I was devastated internally because that guy. Well, they didn't want to get rid of Trent Brown anyway. Well, the, the, they could have got rid of him this year. They didn't. That, they that's my point. They yeah. didn't go after him. So no, no, no. But the Redskins want to give him up. Either. No, no, no. That's that's Trent Brown. Trent Brown's the Trent Brown's the monster yeah. from and New England. And if you want to go ask about Trent Brown, he's Bond Miller thinks he's the best player ever. Bond Miller loves like man, toughest guy I've ever seen. Best player he's ever played against. So that that's really what resonated with me. And then I watched him last year. I have the All-22 here, so mm. we get every clip, just like they're watching it in the film room, which I dig. And I've just watched the All-22, the Patriot playoff games last year. And Trent Brown, in my opinion, he was the MVP of the playoffs in the Super Bowl. He should have won a, He was should have won the Super Bowl MVP. He was killing people in that game. Yeah. Okay, so let me just get a couple, a couple hypotheticals out here, okay? When we're talking about the quarterback position moving forward for your Denver Broncos, just... Think about these names as I say them. Joe Flacco, Cam Newton, Teddy Bridgewater, Andy Dalton, Nick Mullins, Tom Brady, Matt Ryan, Tua Tungavailoa, Justin Herbert, Jake Fromm. Those names I just threw out. And that's not even all of them. That's not even all. It's not close to all of them. First name that really hits you and goes, wow, that could be a possibility. Tom Brady's mine, but obviously I think that's a huge hypothetical, but so is Peyton Manning. Contracts up. Come on, they, hey, look, on, look, I can't believe I can't know. believe it unless Peyton Manning also the, came well, here. You know the goat's not leaving. I'm not saying I, I would never leave either, but Crazier things have happened in Denver. No, it's not happening. Crazier things have happened. That's all I'm saying. I'm so there, saying, yeah. there's the first thing that comes to mind when you hear it then, and that's what I'm looking for. How about Matt Ryan? Because yeah. if Atlanta is one and whatever, and they want to restart, Matt Ryan could be on the trade block. They could restart, but here's an interesting possibility. I think Atlanta probably goes in the You're Josh a Georgia Mc... guy, right? Yeah. yeah. Atlanta's probably going in the Josh McDaniels direction. To hire Josh? Yes. Oh. Thomas Dimitrov and Josh go back to So the you Patriots. think they'll keep Matt and roll? Or, here's an idea. They trade Matt Ryan. They bring in Tom Brady. Stop. And they draft the quarterback. Stop. The Stop it. <laughs> Stop. Look, You're one, full of shit, man. So, the one, look, the one thing about Tom Brady, if he leaves, is he going to want to go to some place where he's got some familiarity with coaches and the scheme? Or is he going to want to start over? No, so he it, wants to go win. Oh, if he okay. leaves, he's not going to win I, in Atlanta, man. He's no, not going to go think, anywhere, no. first of all. Exactly. If Brady does leave, I don't think he will. If he does, I think he goes to Tennessee to play with his good buddy Mike Boyd. He's going to Atlanta. No, I'm just saying it's another possibility. I know. But I don't think Denver's a possibility. A, B, I, admittedly, I, you know, I do my number crunching thing. Oh, that's you. You are Mr. Analytics. There is. A percept it's not it's it's not evident, but if you really dive into his production, there is a steady decline 
from 2016 to 2019 across the board. With Tom Brady. With him. Yes. It should be. He's 20. He's 70. But here's the point. If you re-sign, if you sign Tom Brady, what are you getting if that if he doesn't arrest that decline? And what are the chances signing. of a 43-year-old quarterback turning that in the other direction? Zero. Yeah, the odds are... We are not signing Tom Brady. I, Facts! I, if, they re, if they sign Tom Brady and his pace continues, his production is like Joe Flacco. Oh, my God. That's blasphemy. I'm sorry, but... Okay, so how about they, how about the Cam Newton thing, then? Because no, people are sitting here throwing no, Cam's no, around, name around Denver no, right no, now. No, no, man. You know what, though? The thing with Cam is it's sort of the Peyton Manning thing because it's about the health. It's not a question of whether Cam is good enough when healthy, but have the injuries caught up to him to where he's never going to be. I don't want to recycle anymore. That's I guess that's my point. I I I want Allen, Locke, Griffin, Fromm, Herbert, Tua. And you know what? This is the way I feel about it. And tell me if I'm crazy, but the one that John says I want that guy, let's pick the other one. So if John's like, I want Herbert, I think we should pick, pick Fromm. Fromm and if Burrow. he says, I want Fromm, I think we should pick yeah. Herbert. And if he says, I want Tua, I think we should pick somebody else. I don't agree with that. The, the, the Jake uh, Eason from Washington, if he comes out, he may be a good pick as well. You'll Platt see Joe Burrow on Saturday for Okay, so here's my question about Joe Burrow, yeah. okay? And I, I guess it goes full circle to the recruit question, too. Because, like, for example, I worked with this kid named Cole Taylor. Right. Cole goes to Grand Junction Central on the other side of the Rockies. He was he's six seven two sixty and runs a four six five jumps through the roof. Before he started working with me <coughs> on the distance program here at six zero, he had no offers and nobody was looking at him. And after I signed him up and started pushing his tape, the whole time he was six seven two sixty and ran well. Now he's going to LSU. He's and he's got thirty offers since he started with me. Now Joe Burrow last year was still a good player. He was just in a bad system. And no one thought he could play. And everyone's telling him, saying he was a bum and they should bring in an athlete and get rid of him. And now, because of the system, he's a first-round draft pick. So, uh, this is one of the reasons why I think the draft is so damn ridiculous. Like, it is just absolutely unequivocally ridiculous. Because, with the exception of Von Miller, some of the best players in Bronco history and on this team currently are undrafted or late-rounders. The whole damn team that you played on, 97, 98, half the damn team was undrafted. That's really where... That's the league. That's where the personnel guys make their money. It's not with the first, second... It's not. The 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 late rounders to undrafted guys, those are scouts. It's all scouts. scouts. And the Broncos have one of the... For all that's gone wrong with the Broncos... They have so one of the why best don't scouting they departments look, in the NFL. Why don't they listen to the scouts more when it comes to the big dogs? That's a good question. Why don't because those guys the scouts, have the same? Is it ego you know driven at the top? I Because the the top picks don't pan out the same way the, the later round guys do. That's why. The undrafted cats, the Johnsons and Lindsays and Columbuses and Lepsises and God knows who else. The Glinka Dresses and Manatavasas and guys like that are all late rounder gems that they find. That's why. Rod Smith. So it's it's look, do I think Mr. Elway deserves to pull himself out of this hole? Damn straight I do. Do I think he's the right guy for the drop? Absolutely I do. I every time the Broncos have been good, won a Super Bowl, that man's involved. And he needs to stay involved. I would like to think 
that the Broncos have the chance to turn it around now. I do believe this, guys. Oh, I tell me, if, am I crazy no. to believe that coming back from the bye, riding this wave, they can beat Minnesota, beat Buffalo, come home and play a really hard-fought, tight game against the Chargers, and then all of a sudden we are sitting there at six and six, right? Six and six. Six and six, ready to go. Things have happened. Yeah. It happened last year. So, do, do you see that kind of same kind of team here, 2-7? Do you see that same kind of teammates, or I, am I crazy? I wouldn't say that they win these next three games. When I say I see a light at the end of the tunnel, I'm thinking I see this team building toward being a playoff team next year. I can see them getting there. But a key is keep as much of this defense together as possible, upgrade left tackle, Resign McGovern. I'm huge on that. I'm right there with you on that. And one way or another, you've got to find the quarterback, a young quarterback, a cost-controlled quarterback that can be your long-term answer. And if you look, you've got some good skill guys. You got Phil. You got Cortland looking like a wide receiver one. That guy can play, man. That kid's special. Right. Noah Noah Fant has shown flashes. If they use him right, it's there with him. To make plays. So you have some offensive playmakers. The D, I think, is going to be top three next year. Is Wolf an unrestricted free agent? Yeah, because you got to resign Is him. Harris an unrestricted free agent? Yes. My piece posted. We bring those guys back. We bring back those two yeah. older players, right? I, you have, I'm just to. Saying exa- have to. I'm just saying exactly what I wrote after the Browns game on Sunday. Because I had a moment of clarity. Resign Wolf. Resign Simmons. Resign Chris Harris Jr. And yeah, you're spending heavily on the D. But if you got the cost-controlled quarterback and the right young quarterback, that's how it works. It's what Seattle did with Russell Wilson. So they had the D, guys, they had the quarterback. Andrew Mason, Steve Atwater, you guys are actually telling me right now the Broncos are a quarterback away. No, I agree. I think they're a, I think they're a quarterback, quarterback and in, a left tackle. Quarterback in at away. least in two to three linemen away, offensive linemen away. What else? And. With that, a, a two-number two receiver. Our offensive line room can improve with the guys that we have. You, you think so? Yes. You think I, that group can win? Well, mm. well, I think we need to add one or two guys to it. Yeah, you need you need to re-sign Connor, do, do, and then one more. Did you, were you ever benched tackle. as a player? This is my last year. I mean, I benched in a game. When you were young, were you ever benched? No. Okay. The best thing that ever happened to me was getting moved positions. Did you get benched? No, I I'd say I got benched because they moved me from defense to offense. So yeah, I got benched okay. in the most the most. There, yeah. But it was a humbling experience. My my point is this: I think that even if you want to keep seventy two around, which I'm not against. Come on, man, what you got against Gary Bowles? I'm I'm nothing personally against him, other than <laughs> other than he refuses to take advantage of the the gift that has been given to him. That's my it? that the first round tackle for the Denver Broncos and the ability to. Put in the work to show Mr. Elway that you're worth re-signing and being a ring of famer. That's what, and I love this team, and I I expect him to play at the same level I watched Zimmerman play at, and Tony Jones, and Ryan Clady, and Harris, and guys I played with, even Columbus. I mean, Columbus was a good player for him. So it's like it's like, don't you think he wants to play at that level too? I I think he does. I think people are trying to help him get there too, and he doesn't listen to anybody. And that's my point. It's when you're going full circle here on who they want to build around. 
if you want to keep Garrett here and you want to build around him, okay, I'm with that to a point. Mm-hmm. I want to see how he reacts when Jawan James is healthy and he gets benched. I want to see if he's going to pout or if he's going to perform. Who can put to the race back then? Uh, just leave Elijah and see if Jawan can play left. And just look at it in the coaching room as a Garrett went down. Because he's never been benched. And he's, in my opinion, I think a lot of guys that have been sent to the pine come back better. No, 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 no. He needs to. You need mind games with him because obviously he has blackmail on somebody over there. (laughs) I remember Send him to the bench and see if he comes back better. And if he does... Then it worked. And if he doesn't, you know that he can't improve mentally and you got to go somewhere else. You know what told me that any guy, no matter how much talent they have, no matter how big a prospect, big in your plans that they are, can can get benched and learn from it? Von Miller, week five, 2011. That's true. He's getting blown up against the run. He's not hustling. And so you come out for the second half and they're in base and he's not there. They used him as a sub-package guy for half of a game. Mm. And Von, and you know what? Vaughn's been one of the best run-defending edge guys in the league. He's got to answer the question, too. Right. That's he, the thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He learned from that. He it's said, no oh, longer, It's no right. longer going to be presented after the game if it were to happen with, Garrett, do you agree with the refs? It's, Garrett, coaches put you on the bench today. How do you feel about it? Mm. And he's going to have to self-reflect and go, I've got to do more to get better. And that's all I'm looking for. He's been doing it already, I though. disagree. Been whole, do- I disagree. Uh, I disagree. After the games when he had the holding penalty, he didn't say he had to get better? He was complaining he about the calls. He didn't say he He didn't. He complained about the calls and said that the refs have an agenda against him. Yeah, I feel like the refs. Yeah, you know he did. See? You see no, I, I listened to the whole thing. But still, but still. Yeah, you're right. I, I, I was there. Garrett, I'm sorry. Garrett is a worker, and he is working to get better, though, man. But and I don't know. No, look. He may be working to get better. But doing the same thing over and over again and thinking that you're doing something right is crazy. And sometimes it's insane. You he think... needs to change the way he's doing things. Oh, and he's got to. That doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean anything if he doesn't listen, Steve. You think he listens? No, I don't. I watched. I watched. I watched Munchak take Andrew Villanueva from a nothing tight end to an All Pro because he listened. And when I watch Garrett do the same thing over and over again, and then the feedback I get from the meeting room is <laughs> they just laugh at it and move on because they can't get through to him, that's not good. That's not good. And what Van Dio said last week when he said, you know, I think Garrett plays with a lot of confidence and some of it is unwarranted, and then the oh. next question, it was, and, uh... uh oh, yeah, the, the three, uh, It took him like 30 seconds. seconds. Yeah. I, I timed it. It was 3.3 seconds. Uh, uh, I, it reminded me of... It's like he's trying to start a car. Well, it was it was an old Lisa Simpson <laughs> quote where Homer asks, am I a little bit fat? And there's a pause, and Lisa says, sorry, Dad, it takes time to properly sugarcoat a response. Yeah. Ooh, <laughs> That's what it felt like. So it, He was trying to figure out what to say. I, I, I also think when they got rid of Paxton, it set a tone in the room, and was he was too late. People were like, it's about time. I think that's going to be the same thing with Garrett. If people are going to be in the room at Del Valley, they're going to be like, well, it's about time. I think they've missed their boat on setting the tone on what happens if you don't perform. Period. And, and but, 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 just, but answer this question, okay? Up to this point, what could they have done differently? Who, if you mention who you blame? 
this year? Yeah. Well, you can't. You can't. Ben, they don't have it. Jawan got hurt. Well, I mean, what's wrong with? I mean, if Jawan James would have been what's healthy, wrong with taking him out. For I think. A series, I think though. Elijah would have been starting already if Jawan was healthy. Yeah. I mean, even without Jawan, what would have been so bad about putting Jake Rogers in for a series? Well, this is my point: is yeah. why does Garrett have this? Can't get benched because he works hard. It's it's okay. Adam Gotsis got benched for much less than this. I mean, everybody works hard. Yeah. Most guys in the NFL work hard. So if 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 he's a hard worker and that's why we shouldn't bench him, that's mm-hmm. not going to fly for me. It's not going to work. So I guess we'll see. But I do but want them to resign thirty-one. Right? Yeah, everyone is making mistakes, but they're not getting five holding penalties. Steve, come that on. That was one game. He led the league in holding penalties for like three years and in college. He has 10 this year. Steve, he already has matched his career high for holding penalties in a season in nine games. This is true. This is true. All right, all right. That is what it is. We are. are So so quick timeout, timeout, timeout. All right, all right. I am Matt McChesney. That is the great Andrew Mason. That is the great Steve Atwater. Picks. Okay. <clears throat> We're not going to get you, okay? For the rest of the year, you guys won't come in again, unless you want to. I'm, I'm always Broncos well, I'm always have interested. what six left? Uh, seven six, games left. Seven, seven games, games left. left. How do they finish? Are they three and four, four and three, five and two? How do you see them finishing? How do you see their record at the end of the year? Are they a playoff team? Do they finish competitively with a lot of juice going into next? Three and four. Three and four with. There are finish six and ten. There's a couple of heartbreakers, but I'm gonna say they got these four tough road games in the next five weeks: Minnesota, Buffalo, home for the Chargers, then at Houston, at Kansas City. They're gonna win one of those games, and that's going to be the game that at the end of the year we look at and say, "This is the first sign of a team to come coming together, together yep. and positioning themselves for 2020." Andrew Mason, Steve Atwater, what do you think? One, two. You're going to take a little in seven? I'm going to say five. Five and two? Yeah, five and two. And I, I agree with you. I think the Broncos finished nine and seven and are fighting for that sixth seed. Well, I would not... Five and two is eight and eight, though. Okay, then I'm going to go six and one. I'm going to go <laughs> six and one, and, and I know I'm a homer, and I know people are going to call me crazy, but I would not be I would not be surprised at all if they are playing the Raiders on the last day of the season in my in whatever it's called in power. Just call it my high. And empower. And why would you put red on the Broncos stadium, by the way? It's yeah, terrible. Yeah, they only lived through that with sports Awful. authority. So it, it, I feel like they're going to play the Raiders and get a little payback that night on the last game, last game of the season. Good? Yes, like that? I, like I, I hope you're right, and I'm Me wrong. too, because that would really kick ass. All right, so like I said, go to the uh, go to thednvr.com. You can check out all the podcasts. Go to the top six and check out the film series. Uh, that we put up each and every week. I'm actually going to show Steve one of the films right now because I want him to see what I'm talking about with Garrett Bowles. On, on the reel, I want to show you the angles and what I'm talking about. And then so I already uh, watched it online, so I know exactly what You already what saw it. Nice, nice. Okay. Yeah. Episode 56 will be up next week. Hopefully the bus get a W, and we can talk about that a little bit. And uh, remember, next week, uh, Inside the Zone podcast will be up with me and Mel Tucker and Mark Jackson. Um, I'm Matt McChesney. Top 6 is off next week because the Broncos are off. Uh, it's going to be a great weekend, though, folks, so stay safe. Have fun at homecoming. Andrew, thank you so much, brother. Pleasure. Mr. Steve Atwater, yes, sir. Absolutely. thank you so much, brother. This is episode 55. I'm Matt McChesney coming to you from 6-0 Studios here at 6-0 Strength. Thanks, folks.